Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. Good music is what we want to hear. What do you mean, good music? It's what we dance to, what our children will dance to. And if you don't want to play it, then take your records and go home. You have a band, good or bad. It's a great band, it's a bad band, it's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what, there's music in the air. From Sonny and Cher to Beyonce and Jay-Z, rock history is filled with couples that literally make beautiful music together. I'm Greg Cott. And I'm Jim DeRogatis. We celebrate Valentine's Day with some of music's most inspiring couples. And we'll review a new album from the punk rock band Against Me. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions. And Greg, you know, uh, having played in bands throughout my life, making music with someone is one of the most intimate things you can do, second only to a romantic relationship. So when you have a couple making music together, you've really got something special. Yeah, and when a couple makes uh, great music for a long period of time, as Sonic Youth did uh, with Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon being the anchors of that group, a married couple, they recently divorced. But, you know, it's a remarkable thing. Uh, You think about the relationship between John Lennon and Yoko Ono. I mean, it defined couple of eras of rock history. There's so many popular examples like that. We're going to try to avoid the most obvious choices and dig a little deeper. But first, some music news. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. That is the great actor Philip Seymour Hoffman in his role as Lester Bangs in the 2000 Cameron Crowe movie Almost Famous. That late-night phone call from his young protege. Hoffman, of course, uh, died at the age of 46 on Sunday morning in Greenwich Village of a uh, heroin overdose. Really sad news, Jim. And you in particular had a personal connection to Hoffman's career and his work in this movie in particular. Well, I did, Greg. You know, I had written a biography of Lester Bangs that was completed about six months before Almost Famous came out. And Cameron Crowe, I'd interviewed for the book, and he'd inspired me to write the book. The director met Lester Bangs when he was 17 in 1972. I met Lester Bangs when I was 17 in 1982. And Cameron told me with pride that uh, Hoffman was walking the streets of San Diego prior to shooting the scenes for the movie, listening to that tape of 17-year-old Jim mm-hmm. talking to Lester Bangs on his Walkman, you know, getting in the zone for hours at a time to get the speech cadences right. We wouldn't usually pay tribute to an actor, but he was one of the best of his generation. And for the rock and roll connections of, of playing St. Lester Bangs, yes. and also <laughs> a great pirate radio DJ in mm-hmm. the movie That's Pirate true. Radio, uh, there was a lot of rock and roll in Philip Seymour Hoffman's soul, and he'll be missed. <laughs> I got you, babe. 
That is Sonny and Cher, a famous musical couple with I Got You, Babe. Jim, a great way to kick off our annual Valentine's Day show. Uh, this year we're going to focus on famous uh, musical couples, and the list is long. Oh, we could go on forever. Fleetwood Mac, the Mamas and the Papas, John and Yoko, Paul and Linda, Goffin and King, right? But we're going to try to dig a little deeper beyond the most obvious in order to really do our listener justice. This show idea was a listener suggestion. Josh Burnell from L.A. wrote in via email. You know, I was looking for people who we might not have remembered were couples, Mm -hmm. weren't the obvious choices, and yet when you know that, it becomes so obvious because you can hear it in the music. I'm going to start, Greg, with the cramps, all right? That is not a band that you would think, you know, cramps, romance, love, (laughs) Valentine's Day, no. But it's one of the longest marriages in rock history. Christy Wallace, who would reinvent herself as Poison Ivy Rorschach, and Lux Interior, better known originally as Eric Lee Perkheiser met when they were both in college in Sacramento. He and a friend picked her up when they were hitchhiking. It was true love from the beginning, and the marriage lasted 37 years until Lux died way before his time in 2009. You know, they started out covering old rockabilly songs, really dusty, obscure covers, and putting the punk in them. I think that uh, Lux was up there with Iggy Pop and Stiv Bader's in terms of the of the great galvanizing punk rock frontmen, while Ivy's always been underestimated as a guitarist. She was a great player. They began to write originals, and it's one of the originals that I'm going to play. It's called All Women Are Bad. <laughs> now, that doesn't sound very romantic either, but when you listen to the lyrics, Lux is having a lot of fun with Ivy goading him on, talking about some of the most infamous couples in history, Bonnie and Clyde, Samson and Delilah. What are, you know, This is on one of those uh, early albums that was an indie release that is impossible to find now. You have to pay $3,500 and up for it on vinyl these days. <laughs> but Sound Opinions is going to give it to you for free. Here's one of Rock's great couples, The Cramps, with All Women Are Bad on Sound Opinions.
all women are bad by the cramps. <laughs> Greg, I'm eager to hear your first rock Valentine couple. Love that choice, Jim. I'm going to go to Chris and Tina, otherwise known as uh, Tina Weymouth and Chris Franz, founding members of the Talking Heads. That's probably what they're best known for. Great punk band out of New York City. They actually met a few years before moving to New York up in Rhode Island. And uh, in 81, when the Talking Heads were taking a little hiatus, they'd made a string of albums. There was a little break. Chris and Tina decided to break off and do a little side project known as Tom Tom Club. Whatever happened at that point, it eclipsed some of uh, Talking Heads' chart success. Tom Tom Club became a huge hit in its own right with one of the songs I'm going to play next. When you talk about couples, they have to have a language. They have to understand each other, both off the stage and on the stage. And you must have that level of communication, that almost telepathic level of communication when you're talking about a rhythm section. With Tina on bass and Chris on drums, a huge influence from the R&B and funk world. They were listening to a lot of those kind of records when Talking Heads were formed and really created the uniqueness of that sound. And they brought that forth even more in Tom Tom Club. Ingenious of Love, a big hit in 1981, they're talking about their love of R&B and funk. They're name-checking their heroes, Bootsy Collins, Bob Marley, James Brown. Later on, this song is being sampled by, again, some of their heroes, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, The Executioners, one of the most sampled songs in rock history. It's Genius of Love from Tom Tom Club on Sound Opinions.
Genius of Love from the Tom Tom Club, a great rock couple, Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth. What do you got next, Jim? Greg, I'm going to go to hip-hop, in particular uh, a great gangster rapper, the notorious B.I.G., Christopher Wallace. Now, you know, not, again, on record in most of his music, a particularly romantic guy, <laughs> but there was something special with his relationship with the R&B singer Faith Evans. They got married in 1994, not long after they met at a photo shoot for Biggie's friend Puffy Combs' Bad Boy Records. It was not an ideal marriage. Mm. They had a son together in 96. It was turbulent. Uh, you know, Biggie apparently was stepping out a bit on mm. the marriage. And in early 97, they separated, and not long after that, Biggie was shot to death, right? But something special remained. You know, Faith, she did that incredible song, I'll Be Missing You, with Puffy, based on every breath you take as a tribute mm-hmm. after after Biggie was killed. And I think in this track, which originally was an album track that did not include Faith, there was a remix that came out later that she sang with her husband at the time. I think you can hear the connection between them. It's called One More Chance, Stay With Me. The remix became a huge smash single. Here it is on Sound Opinions, Faith and Biggie with One More Chance, Stay With Me, the 1995 remix. Major pain like Damon Wayne's uh-huh. Low down dirty even Like his brother Keenan Scheming uh-huh. Don't leave your girl around me True player for real Ask Puff Dad D You ring your bells with bags from Chanel Baby Ben's traded in your Hyundai XL Fully equipped CD changer with the cell She beat me, beat me at 12 Where you at? Flipping job, playing card notes While I'm swimming in your women like the breaststroke Right stroke, left stroke was the best stroke Death stroke, tongue all down the throat uh-huh. Nothing left to do but send her home to you I'm through, can you sing the song for me, boo? One more I got that good girl, you didn't know uh. I got that good girl, you didn't know We can cruise the world with pearls, gator boots for girls. Uh-huh. The envy of all women, crushed linen, Cartier wristwear with diamonds in them. The finest women I love with the passion. Your man's a wimp, I get ass as a good thrashing. High fashion, flying in the all states, sexing me while your man. Isn't this great? Your flight leaves at eight, a flight lands at nine. My game just rewinds. Lyrically, I'm supposed to represent. I'm not only a client, I'm the player president.
Faith Evans and Biggie Smalls with their 95 hit, One More Chance, Stay With Me on Sound Opinions. We're going to continue our Valentine's Day love fest here on Sound Opinions with more musical couples. And later, we'll review a new album from the Florida punk band Against Me. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. In a pawn shop in Chicago On a sunny summer day A couple gazes at the wedding rings Their own display She smiles and nods her head As he says, honey, that's for you It's not much, but it's the best that I can do Golden rain with one tiny little stone waiting there, waiting there for someone to take it home by itself, by itself. It's just a cold metallic thing. Only love can make a golden wedding ring. In a little wedding chapel, later on. And happy thoughts run through her head As he whispers low with this ring I be Golden ring Golden ring With one tiny little stone Shining ring Shining ring Now at last it's found a home By itself By itself It's just a cold metallic thing Only love can make a golden Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner, not romantic, <laughs> is Greg Cott, and that is X with the Hungry Wolf. Greg, one of the great rock couples. John Doe, Xene Cervenka, the way those voices came Absolutely. together. No longer a couple, but they were on those records and they remain an inspiration. We are doing great rock and roll couples in honor of Valentine's Day, and it's your turn for another pick. Yes, Jim. Fortunately, this couple is still together and still making great music. They've been doing it for 20 years. The handsome family, Brett and Rennie Sparks. Brett, originally from Odessa, Texas. Rennie from Long Island. And they formed a band in Chicago in 1993, originally as a trio. But quickly, it became a duo, basically the two of them. And I'm always fascinated as to how married couples do a job together. How do they work together? (laughs) You know, the division of labor. And what they told me over the years is that there became a division of labor. Brett sort of gravitated towards the music. He was the main vocalist and multi-instrumentalist, really gifted singer as well. And Rennie focused on the lyrics, and she is a masterful lyricist. Now, there were some rock elements going on early on in their music, but now I think they've kind of emerged as more of a countrified band. You know, there's some 
some gothic touches. Some people say their music's pretty macabre, but I also think it's, you know, mystical and surreal, and there's a beauty to it, primarily because of Brett's sonorous voice and Rennie's amazing lyrics. Very sharply observed, beautifully crafted. The song I'm going to play is called Weightless Again. This whole idea of transcending your sometimes mundane, you know, everyday life, and sometimes you're driven to desperation to do that, and this song beautifully evokes that. It's Weightless Again from the Handsome Family on Sound Opinions. We stop for coffee in the redwood forest Giant dripping leaves Spoons of powdered cream I wanted to kiss you Stellar pick from Greg Cott for a Valentine's couple, Brett and Rennie Sparks, the handsome family from 1998, Weightless Again. And Greg, I have to add, they are providing the theme song for the opening credits of the new HBO series, True Detective. Yes. It's good to see the handsomes getting some attention. I'm going to go back to one of my favorite bands from the indie rock 80s and into the early 90s, Galaxy 500. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to qualify as a couple's pick for three reasons. Number one, the rhythm section of that band is Damon Krakowski, the drummer, and bassist Naomi Yang. After the end of Galaxy 500, they would continue as a duo called Damon and Naomi. They've been on Sound Opinions. And in their spare time, because they they love efforts that will get them a lot of attention and ridiculous money, they run a a really cool independent publishing house (laughs) together. So they work together six different ways, right? Dean Ware who had been the vocalist and guitarist in Galaxy 500, would go on to form a duo himself with his wife now, Britta Phillips, Dean and Britta. And I'm going to pick a track 
from Galaxy 500, from the middle of their three albums, that is by another famous couple. Listen, the snow is falling. Mm-hmm. Naomi sings the song that John and Yoko Lennon wrote together and first recorded. I think uh, so, so we got three couples connections. How's that for meta? Here is Galaxy 500 with Naomi Yang on vocals, 1990, the This Is Our Music album. Listen, the snow is falling on Sound Opinions. Galaxy 500 with Listen, the Snow is Falling. We are talking about great rock couples here on Sound Opinions. And, Greg, it's time to turn to some of our listeners. Yeah, let's welcome Drew from Fox Point, Wisconsin. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. So tell us a little bit about Valentine's Day and a couples song that you've got picked out for us. What do you got in mind? Well, the couples song that I picked out is We're Going to Be Friends by that famous divorced brother-sister couple from Detroit, the White Stripes. (laughs) I like that Uh, one. It's a classic example of songwriting, I believe. The subject of a wide-eyed school day puppy love makes the song timeless and ageless. In my opinion, it's the chicken noodle soup of music. <laughs> <laughs> let's a have a little one. bit of soup. Let's, let's hear a little of that right now. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed When silly thoughts go through my head About the bugs and alphabet When I wake tomorrow I'll bet That you and I will walk together again That's the White Stripes with We Are Going to Be Friends. Drew, tell us when you came to that song. I heard it probably about two years after the album was released. Okay, so here's the question for you. What did you understand about this couple at that time? Because, you know, in reality, Meg and Jack White had married and divorced, 
But there were a lot of stories floating around about them being a brother and sister act. What did you believe? Actually, to me, it wasn't really important. You know, people thought they were brother and sister because Jack White actually told people that just to kind of throw them off when, in essence, what was important was the music. Right. Thanks, Drew. That's a great choice. We appreciate you coming on the show. Pleasure was mine. Uh, Let's go out to Batavia, Illinois, to talk to Jim about a Valentine's Day couple. Jim, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, what do you got for us? Well, I chose the song Jackson by Johnny Cash and Jim Carter. It's a silly, upbeat number about a relationship that started hot and heavy, but now that marriage has fizzled into this kind of comical fight where Johnny's saying that he's going to go to the city and get some more action with the ladies, and June is basically... (laughs) laughing at him. So, uh, I always think, especially in live performances of that song, you can hear both of them just grinning ear to ear. Let's hear a little bit of Jackson by Johnny Cash and June Carter on Sound Opinions. you got to love that, uh, Jackson, from Cash and Carter. A little bit of the flip side from Ring of Fire, when he and June were starting to feel something for each other. Now you've got this song where they're sort of poking the whole idea of a relationship being able to endure. Yeah, I mean, this song was recorded and released before they were actually married in 68, so I just think there's a lot of puppy love in the delivery, and I think if I was making some sort of Johnny Cash intro mix for somebody... You know, even though he's got a lot of dark material, I would definitely throw this on there. Thanks so much, Jim, for coming on Sound Opinions. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Let's go to John from Detroit. John, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thanks so much for having me. All right, talk to us about couples on Valentine's Day. Well, obviously, Valentine's Day, you think about love, and that could run the the gamut to lust or anything like that. But I think a song like Yola Tango's Our Way to Fall is the perfect Valentine's Day song. You know, there's so many great Yola Tango songs. Ira and Georgia have been married forever. What about this one in particular? It expresses something that's pretty universal about meeting that person for the first time. You're a little bit shy, a little bit hesitant, and then you're just really, you're just hanging on and everything's great and you hope it goes and blossoms from there. Let's listen to a little bit of Our Way to Fall from Yola Tango. I remember my face turned red. I remember staring at my feet I remember before we met I remember sitting next to you It is a beautiful song. It's like they're telepathic. Yeah, you definitely. They're the harmonies, the way their voices blend together, yes. They are definitely, it seems like they're one person. Especially Ira on that song, I'm thinking, you know, Georgia could have sung the song exactly the same way. I mean, oh, the exactly. tone of their voice exactly. is the same thing. Yep, and it's just very simple vocal stylings, but it definitely goes and fits the song perfectly. Good choice, John. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Some great choices from our listeners. You can nominate choices of your own by calling us at 888-859-1800. 
but Greg, back to the two of us. We make beautiful music together as well, <laughs> and it's your pick. Oh, it's nice of you to say, Jim. Another great couple evoking a period from the late 90s to early 2000s. Remember that moment when neo-soul music was sort of merging with the conscious end of hip-hop, and there was kind of this merger going on of sounds and artists, a lot of collaboration, they were touring together, a lot of recordings coming out of that period. One of the best collaborations was between a romantically linked couple, Common, the Chicago hip-hop artist, and Erica Badu from Dallas, Texas. 2000 to 2002, they were an item. There, there was a romantic relationship there. And they did a beautiful song together. It was called Love of My Life, an Ode to Hip Hop. It spent four weeks at number one on the R&B and hip hop charts and uh, reached number nine on the Billboard Top 100. So it was a major hit, kind of a capstone to that great era of the Soul Quarians, where you had artists like Q-Tip and Mos Def and Roots and D'Angelo and Badu working together. Now, this is you, you talk about meta. This is a meta tribute song. It's not only, it's a tribute about a tribute. It's referencing common song, I Used to Love Her, and the Roots song, Act Two, The Love of My Life, where they're talking about their love of hip-hop, and this song expresses that as well. Love of My Life, an ode to hip-hop from Common and Erica Badu on Sound Opinions. So simple then A teenage lover You say he's just a friend He moved around and we kept In touch through his friend Mike The world was young and we knew We couldn't rush But whenever I got lonely Or needed some advice He gave me his shoulder That was Love of My Life, an ode to hip-hop from Common and Erica Badu. Nice one, Greg. I'm going to end my picks with one of the biggest rock couples in history, okay? Maybe this is almost too obvious, but if there's a problem with this show, it is Mm -hmm. not that we play ABBA too much, okay? (laughs) I love ABBA. And what a great story. Benny... Anderson and Bjorn Ulveus were already successful pop music producers in their native Sweden in the early 70s when they decided, hey, 
wouldn't it be interesting if we made an act with our wives? Bjorn was married to Agnetha, Benny was married to Annie Fried, and together they became ABBA and conquered the world with their first single, which <laughs> won the Eurovision Song Contest, Waterloo. Now, I love this as a crazy fan of Napoleonic history, right? It's, <laughs> it's about the great battle between Britain and France that ended Napoleonic Wars. But it's to use that piece of history as a metaphor for a relationship because the girls are singing about how, you know, you're like Waterloo. You know, I'm, I'm going to, like, lose <laughs> everything to you. I mean, what a crazy metaphor. And always those harmonies in the productions are so crazy. You know, sadly, the superstar world success of ABBA took a toll on those two marriages because they started as couples, but by 79 and 81, both had divorced. And that's just nothing short of a tragedy. And they've been offered, what, like $17 billion to reunite? But such is the acrimony now between these two couples that they will not appear on a stage together. Anyway, this is ABBA when ABBA was great and ABBA was in love with Waterloo on Sound Opinions. with Waterloo on Sound Opinion, somewhat historically inaccurate, Greg, because, you know, (laughs) Wellington himself said that Waterloo was a close-run thing, and if the Prussians hadn't showed up at the last minute, Napoleon would have won. Oh, man, who knew, right, Jim? Only Jim DeRogatis on our show can give you that kind of information. That's why you tune into Sound Opinions. 
All right, I've got one more couple's pick, Jim. And uh, again, a couple that maybe people don't normally think of when they think of famous rock couples. But Susie Sue, the namesake of Susie and the Banshees, and the drummer in that band, Budgie, were an item for about 20 years. Now they're divorced, but in that time, they made some great albums with Susie and the Banshees, as well as their side project, The Creatures. Budgie, one of the best drummers in that whole post-punk scene. A lot of drum aficionados, and I think you are one of those, Jim. Oh, yeah. The African-inspired, uh, almost tribal type of drumming that he was bringing to their sound, really unique in that era. And uh, Susie redefined the female persona on stage with this sort of cool, confident approach to singing. You know, she wasn't selling herself as a sex object per se, but more as this remote, fascinating, mysterious, somewhat troubling figure singing these songs to you. Here's one of their classics. It's City and Dust from 1985. You know, the sense of melody on this song that Susie brings to her vocals, but also Budgie's drumming. You know, he usually played more complex parts than this one, but the little syncopations that he adds to this song become sort of a a very prominent hook in the song as well. And the producer, I interviewed him at one time years ago, and he was telling me he built the track around Budgie's drum part, which is one of the reasons it became one of their biggest hits. Cities and Dust from 1985, Susie and the Banshees on Sound Opinions.
Cities in Dust from uh, Susie and the Banshees and that great rock couple, Susie, Sue, and Budgie. That ends our discussion of great rock couples for Valentine's Day, but you can see our complete list at soundopinions.org. And we want to hear from you. What couples made the best music together? Share your favorites at 888-859-1800. You can also chime in on Facebook or Twitter. Greg and I are going to take a short break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, and then we'll review the new album from Against Me. Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And that is the title track from the new album by Against Me, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Album number six, Greg, from this very successful pop punk band. It all started with one artist, Laura Jane Grace, a 17-year-old kid in Gainesville, Florida, playing punk rock on an acoustic guitar. Eventually, she put together an electric band that became the underground sensation that bubbled up to the Vans Warped Tour level and signed to Sire Records in the mid-2000s. In 2012, Laura Jane Grace gave an interview to Rolling Stone and came out as someone who was changing genders. Tom Gable was going to become Laura Jane. This blew a lot of people's minds. You know, the punk rock world, which considers itself feminist and activist and pro-gay, was confronted with its first transgender superstar. The artist moved to Chicago. The rhythm section parted ways with her. The drummer had been Max Weinberg's son. Lost the deal with Sire after two records. They hadn't really been a good match for the major label, but retrenched and have made album number six, which is in part, not entirely, but certainly with the title, about Laura Jane Grace's personal evolution. Here is a song called Unconditional Love from Against Me on Sound Opinions.
Unconditional Love from Against Me, the new album is Transgender Dysphoria Blues. That's a mouthful. But boy, Laura Jane Grace has got a lot to talk about, and she really spills her guts on this record. It is a powerful, moving record. When I think about the tradition of addressing transgender issues, there's an element of of humor in it. It's it's tongue in cheek. There's a little bit of flamboyance in it. Uh, this is straight hardcore. There, this is a this is a dead serious document. It's almost like a diary entry. I think the album is powerful on a number of levels. First of all, Laura Jane Grace actually doing the production herself on this record. This is almost like a circling of the wagons. We're going back to our punk roots in a lot of ways. And we're also going back to our acoustic roots. Uh, that song, Two Coffins, a straight-up acoustic tune, takes her back to her days performing acoustically, and it's really powerful. I think the only time the album steps away from being absolutely great is when she talks about, like, Osama bin Laden, okay? That's like, okay, uh-huh. why are we getting into this here? Let's make a song cycle about how your life has changed. I found it fascinating. I found it deeply moving. I'll give it a buy it. So do I, Greg. I'll tip my hand right at the beginning. I think this is the first real masterpiece of 2014. And some of the critics who are paying attention to Against Me now, doing so strictly because of Laura Jane Grace's backstory, you know, the knock always has been that she was sometimes way too wordy for her own good. And I think that's just not fair at all. I think the intellectual heft, that rush of verbiage, the angry spewing of words always was matched by the anthemic quality of the music. Why is she singing about Osama bin Laden? I'll tell you, because this is not just about gender issues. It's about thinking alternatively in every way. When a society goes after someone who has committed horrible crimes and becomes as bloodthirsty as that criminal was in the first part, it's a very bad thing. And that's what that song is about. I think it's a very powerful song. The absolute anger and furiousness of that attack on rape culture, drinking with the jocks. Wow, what a powerful song. And then we have two very sensitive songs about a friend who died well before his time, a dead friend and two coffins, one a furious rocker and the other this wonderful, very sensitive, quiet, acoustic song. Two coffins for sleep, one for you, one for me, we'll get there eventually. In the dark of our graves, our bodies will decay. I wish you never change. So I think this is challenging all of us to get away from groupthink, to think alternatively, to have an open mind well beyond gender issues. And I just think it's a great album. I'm glad there are two buy-its from Sound Opinions. What do we have on the show next week? Jim, just in time for the Winter Olympics in Sochi, we're going to Russia for the Sound Opinions World Tour and look at the musical culture in that country. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Sound Opinions is produced by our Valentines, Robin Lynn, Jason Saldana, Anthony Martinez, and our intern, Jake Smith. And one more note, Greg, on the way out. I'm still tripping on the fact that the Red Hot Chili Peppers were so excited (laughs) to play the Super Bowl with Bruno Mars, they didn't even remember to plug in. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 
messages. Hey, this is Brian Johnson from Tampa, Florida. My comment is in regards to the Bermuda Triangle episode of Sound Opinion. And I thought of one band that should have been on there, and that is The Nerves. They only put out one EP, and every single song on there is a classic. My personal favorite is Hanging on the Telephone. Jack Lee went on to form the Slim Souls, and they had some moderate success, but I really wish I had heard more from the Nerves. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Hey guys, uh, my name is Diego. I'm calling from Yokohama in Japan. I just want to say that the show is always great, and I really like the show. The Bermuda Triangle show, though, um, I thought was really boring. A lot of the songs deserve to be hidden in the Bermuda Triangle. The worst one was that Divine Starless song, which just sounded really, really bad. Anyway, one song to consider for the Bermuda Triangle would be um, one album would be the Avalanches uh, since I left you. Um, they released one album and they pretty much disappeared. That's it for me. Thank you very much. Have a great day, guys, and keep up the good work. Hey, this is Jessica calling from Montana, and I wanted to thank you for including Pete Seeger in your show this week. I think he was such an important person in keeping the power of music alive in everyone and singing it loud and strong and full of hope. And I, it was especially heartening to hear it on your show because I didn't expect it, and I did expect more in mainstream media, and what there was was startlingly little and kind of marginalized him as a kind of quaint or fruity folk singer. And, um, I think anyone who really appreciated his music knew he was as badass as they come and could wear a hand-knit ladybug hat and make everyone sing with him and feel awesome and full of courage and together. And um, that's what music is about. And so thanks for knowing that, including him. Come and take a walk with me through this green and growing land. Walk through the meadows and the mountains and the sand. Walk through the valleys, the rivers and the plain. Walk through the sun and walk through the rain. This is Mickey Katz in Philadelphia. In 1962, I was given a book by Pete Seeger about how to play a guitar. He introduced it by saying, now playing guitar is just about as easy as learning to walk. Because remember, it took two years and you fell down a lot. 
But after that, you could walk and do other things at the same time. From Colorado, Kansas, and the Carolinas too. No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.